Hey, it's Dan here. If you want to hear this episode of the Backchat Podcast without ads and get extra content that no one else gets, head to backchatstudios.com.au where you can sign up as a patron and access all of our bloody good merch. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yes, here we go. We had Mark Redding, Will Schofield on Monday. Well, now it's the end of the week, and Bradley Hogg joins us here on the Shelter Sportscast, not the Shelter Footy Cast. We're getting right into cricket this part of the year. How are you, Hoggy? Oh, I'm going well, Will, and you should keep it the Footy Cast because there's okay. a few kicks up the backsides that we can talk about this week oh, too. Oh, I like that, Hoggy. Very good. That is the Southern River Band you can hear there. They've got their national tour starting. Today, that's right, they start in Melbourne. They'll be coming back here to Western Australia December 2 and 3, Bustleton December 2, uh, the North Perth Charles Hotel December 3. So we'll be there. Hoggy's coming. He has confirmed he's coming with us. So if you want to come down and see Brad Hogg, you'll see us down at Shelter on December 2. Southern River Band tickets available. Shelterbrewing.com. You find us on Instagram, which is Shelter Footycast on Instagram, or you can send us an email, uh, footycast at shelterbrewing.com. We'd love to hear your questions. I believe, Dan, while I'm absolutely talking shit here, we did have an email that came through, and you're going to find it for me. Don't know how, but you're going to get it into this. Hoggy, how are you, mate? I'm going very well, mate. It's been a great week, and uh, well, sometimes a little bit frustrating. You know, things uh, get a little bit clogged up, <laughs> but uh, and don't work, and... Yeah, you just got to get around that and move on. You're in uh, you're in business mode now, Hoggy. Uh, cricket season has started, and we're well and truly into the World Cup. The finals being confirmed. It's going to be Pakistan v England. We're going to break down both the semi finals and have a bit of a preview for the World Cup final, which is on Sunday. Is that right? Yeah, it's on Sunday. How good is it? Because if you follow Twitter and you follow cricket, when it's India versus Pakistan, India lost a game here at Perth Stadium yes. uh, to, against South Africa, I think it was, and. And you could see on on Twitter they had videos of Indian fans crying because they uh, lost to South Africa. But then they turn around and uh, someone comes up, uh, we've lost to South Africa, but uh, we've just kicked Pakistan out of the World Cup. And all of a sudden, all these Indian st- uh, fans start dancing because Pakistan are out of the World Cup, supposedly. But so, then you've got the Netherlands knocking off South Africa, correct. getting Pakistan over. Absolutely. So, so the Netherlands get it done because Pakistan lost to Zimbabwe. And people were like, 
Pakistan's no chance. Now they find themselves in the World Cup. Before we get into the World Cup, we will break that down for most of this show. I just thought we'd just touch on a couple of other sporting moments around uh, at the moment. AFL, very quiet across the AFL landscape, except... Anthony McDonald, Tip and Woody, one of my favourites. He's a small forward at Essendon, retires, done, dusted, John Farnham-like. It's the last time he's bloody back. He sat down with a new coach in Brad Scott. Um, he's convinced him somehow that he wants him back, and he's, he's signed back with Essendon. Has it happened? I reckon I remember a Bradley Hogg retiring and then coming back. Didn't that happen with you? Yeah, well, you know, everyone retires for different reasons. I, re- I retire for personal reasons, trying to save a marriage. Um, right. Probably shouldn't have done it because I was uh, in the test team and there was a tour to England in the Ashes. Never played an Ashes test match and always had that dream of going over to England to play in it. So I had to make that decision. So it was either the kids or cricket. So I gave up at the age of 38 and um, got divorced not too long after. So it, did, so it, didn't, <laughs> so work. it didn't work out. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I don't know if it's funny or not. didn't work. Yeah, and then met a new lady uh, three years later or a couple of years later, and she said, what about go back and play a bit of cricket? You know, that's what you love. Really? So I went back and played a, go- a couple of games of Cray cricket, and Mickey Arthur rang me up and said, do you want to play a little bit of Big Bash next year? And I said, Mickey, yeah, I do. Can I play a bit of um, first-class cricket as well? Because I think I'm bowling better than what I was beforehand. And uh, I think I've learn what it takes to play that longer format of the game. Um, and he said, no, mate, uh, you're too old. Just just the big bash we need you for because there's eight teams and we're going to run out of players. So we need to fill the list. No, mate. <laughs> no, mate. No, so mate. because you came, when you came back, you, like you said, you were playing some of the best – you were bowling some of the – Best yeah. bowling you've ever bowled, right? Yeah, but I think I found my uh, I found myself as well. Uh, yeah, was it yeah, yeah, mindset? Yeah, sort of. yeah, mindset. So, um, yeah, you, you just try and work on yourself throughout your life. You try and improve yourself. But uh, I was a bit of an overthinker, overworker, and sometimes I um, been diagnosed with ADHD later on in my life. I started to work out why. I had travel with some captains and uh, not so much with other captains. So there's one captain there where my average for, for the ball is 50 and everyone else, it's under 30. Right. So it's only about that miscommunication. And I'm not going to mention any names because he's a legend of a player, a uh, legend of a coach, but he'll be out first slip and going, Hoggy, just bowl leg spinners. And I'll be at the top of the mark. Uh, just going, right, I've got all these balls to my armory, I've got to bowl this, I've got to bowl this, but then I'm fighting with myself to do what he's asking me to do. And by the time I walk off, I am mentally drained and I just sleep like a baby at night just for because I'm fighting for myself to try and do what the captain's doing yes. and when I want to do something different. So and when that 2020 game comes about and you start getting that chance... I'd assume the shorter form supports those variable balls, right? You need to change oh, yeah. it up all the time. Oh, so definitely. It was yeah. perfect for you. Yeah, well, as as Shane Warne would say, when, you, when you're when you playing test cricket and you've got batsmen around the bat, that's when you just keep it nice and simple and you just try and put as many leg spinners on a good length consistent, as possible. Right, yeah. yeah, consistent. But when you are when you got the field out, that's when you can um, – and you've got a little bit more defensive uh, fields – 
that's when you can be more aggressive with uh, all your variations. Mm. But go- going back to uh, the Essendon saga, yes. the, the player coming back, uh, he he probably didn't like the environment that had been created over the last couple of years. He's been worn out. He's not enjoying his football. Um, and, and, and that happens with cricket as well. Mm. So you need to get away from the game. And then someone that you uh, have a little bit more respect for. Not, it's nothing against the, the previous coach because he's tried to do the best he possibly can and he's, he was only new. Um, so he's, he might come back as a coach down the track with more experience. Um, but it's, it's just having that uh, different respect for another man that's out the helm that you actually get on with and he knows your personality a lot better, which enables to get the best out of you. Yeah, it's a bloody good perspective. I really like that, Hoggy. So Anthony McDonald, Tip and Woody, he'll return. He's a star. So like you said, for whatever reason, he steps away, probably steps away and thinks, actually, I bloody, bloody miss that environment. And he'll he'll hopefully, whether it's mental, financial, whatever it is, enjoy himself next year. It'll be great to see him playing again. Um, sort of on the same realm in a different sport, soccer. Uh, the Soccer World Cup starts in about a week's time. Um, Graham Arnold comes out and announces the squad. There's some surprises, um, some uh, a goalkeeper that he left out, some, some West Australians that he left out. Um, overall, there was some shocks in the selection. Have you, in your time, given that's the national level soccer and you've played you know, national level cricket, have you had selection dramas or selection stories that, uh, you know... I'd, well, getting selected myself first—that that was a shock. But uh, <laughs> I, I remember uh, getting picked, and this was back in 1996, Ooh. I think it was. Boy. And uh, no, it could have been uh, when I when I came back. I'm not quite sure of the. Um, it, it was when I got picked uh, seven years later. Yes. I'm actually working at John Twenty Third uh, School on the ground, so. Basically, I'll go back to the farm, help out when I had a couple of months off from uh, training, put a, put, help put, uh, put the crop in with Dad. But uh, most of the time I was up here working uh, at John 23rd at this time and I'm on the tractor mowing the lawns of the big oval out the back there and uh, all this camera crews coming. There's Channel 7, Channel 9, Channel 10. <laughs> out to you on the tractor. Out on the tractor and there I am, do, 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 and I turn and I thought, all oh, right, they must be talking about the old Reds when they used to be here. Um, you know, so something must have happened with the Reds. Um, and uh, I'll go back up and do another loop and they're setting up and uh, the, the head groundsman comes out and stop, right? <laughs> Uh, they need to talk to you. <laughs> what do they want to talk to me about? <laughs> you know, cricket's, cricket's not on. We're in the middle of winter. Yeah. And um, anyway, uh, Hoggy, you've been selected to uh, go over to uh, play whatever the next tour was. Okay, I well, and go. you didn't know. Well, I had no idea. You're kidding me. <laughs> yeah, so uh, <laughs> that was one selection issue. What, they don't have mobile phones back in the... This must have Mate, been. I, I didn't have mobile phones. So, uh, <laughs> oh, so we went away. Um, we went away on that tour. Uh, okay, it was an Asian tour, like India? No, or? actually, no, it was 1996. It was 96, yeah. yeah. It was back in 1996. And you found out via a, that. a mm. media scrum out into the middle of John yeah. 23rd Oval. Yeah, but the thing is, mobile phones, I didn't get one until 2003. We were sponsored by three. Well, Cricket Australia was sponsored by three. We were up in Darwin. Yes. And uh, they give you two mobile phones, one for your wife and one for you. And yeah, I thought, all oh, right, this is great. Yeah, yeah, right. I, d- I didn't want one because I was just very happy. You were off the grid. Yeah, I was off the grid. Don't worry about that. The old pay phone. <laughs> That's the old pay phone if you don't know. You just put the coins in and bang, 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 bang. 
Hi, honey, I've only got $2, so <laughs> it's going to be short and sharp. But the other thing is, too, when, when, when you're on that, you, you know, you could, you could go when things weren't going right on the uh, on the phone call and you're having that little discussion out here. <laughs> Bit of a bad connection and, you know, just turn it off. Uh, yeah, so with the mobile phones, clear reception. And uh, I had it for about a week and you walk around and it just ring, ring, and you're walking down the shopping centre or doing something like that. I rang up through. I said, "Can I send these back? It's annoying me. I've got this thing buzzing in my pocket. Normally, I like a little bit of buzzing in my pocket, but this thing's just annoying me because I, you know, people just keep ringing me. I just like that, Mister um, Hog. That's how mobile phones work. It's yeah. for people contacting each other. And you said, "No, thank you. I don't want it." No, uh, but going back to another selection issue: 2003 World Cup. Uh, Ryan Campbell. Probably should have got picked there as the second keeper. Coach of the Netherlands cricket team right now. Yeah, yeah, he's done a wonderful job. But they went with Jimmy Ma as the backup keeper. Now, Jimmy is a humorous guy. And I I was a bit sceptical about the decision of bringing Jimmy Ma uh, as a second keeper. I thought that was a bit silly. But we got on the plane out Sydney, going to South Africa, and we sat down. He had the whole front of the plane in laughters. And uh, I just thought that's why he's on because he's not going to play. Uh, he's there to lift the spirits when things aren't going right. So when you go to that soccer environment, when you're picking a national team, it's not so much picking the best players. It's picking the players that are going to gel together and work together uh, because you've got more chance of winning. You would know that with the Eagles or yeah, uh, the cricket teams I've been with. It's not so much having the best players that are around. It's having the best players. It's having the players that gel as a team and are there to sort of lift the spirits of his mate next door. It's not about having players that are leading from the front or pushing you from behind. It's about all working together side by side. And sometimes that can lead to results. Am I remembering correctly? Didn't Steve Smith start as like a, a specialist fielder or wasn't he like a culture guy? <laughs> oh, when he no, he's a leggy. Yeah, yeah, but they had him in the team batting at seven. Seven, yeah. and now he's one of the greatest batsmen of all time in world cricket. But he started as a... As a leg spinner. I, I remember going out to the uh, Centre of Excellence as a spin consultant coach. <laughs> and... Uh, I'm walking up there and I said, um, sort of walking out there for the first time, I said, is this Steve Smith up here from New South Wales? Yeah, yeah, that's him out there bowling. No, 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 that's not Steve Smith. Uh, The Steve Smith, the leg spinner from New South Wales. No, that's him out there. I said, who's been working with him? He's got a completely different action. So someone's been trying to straighten him up, get his right arm here, his feet around there, just completely stuffed him up because when I first saw him on the scene, I actually faced him early on. He was... He was the bee's knees. Really? But then you get overcoached and uh, it all goes. Wow, yeah. that's bloody interesting. Yeah, but going back to 96, that's how much I know about my career. <laughs> Just <laughs> yeah, getting, getting selected. Uh, right. Yeah, it was 2003 to 96. Well, we'll see how the uh, Aussies go in the soccer because uh, we're going to be following that pretty closely here on the Shelter Sportscast. We'll be uh, just working with a couple of maybe soccer... Soccer, some Bradley Hogg soccer type areas. We're speaking to a couple of people that'll be joining us here on the show as well during that Soccer World Cup, which will be fantastic. Now, Hoggy, let's get into it. Um, you, you are the man of cricket. Let's talk about the two semi finals that happened over the last couple of days. Pakistan defeat New Zealand in what must be said is is an upset. It's it's an upset, right? Oh, it's a huge upset. Um, 
Yeah. I, I always thought Pakistan were going to get through to the semi-finals. You've been uh, pretty high on Pakistan most yeah, times we've yeah. spoken. Yeah, they're so inconsistent. Yeah. Um, they're consistently inconsistent. <laughs> so, uh, but, you know, you, you sit there and look at that game and New Zealand are a team that want to bowl full and try and get the ball to swing. And yeah. if you look at Pakistan, their batting lineup, if you bowl that test match length on top of off, they really struggle. And what I really liked about this contest was that Babarazam Rizwan were out of touch but they were prepared just to sort of sneak out of the crease a bit and take on that good length and put the pressure back on the New Zealand bowlers. Once they got a couple away, all of a sudden the new, bo- uh, the new bowlers in New Zealand started the panic. And yes, there was a drop catch there by the part-time keeper in Conway behind the stumps, which probably cost them. Mm. It was a tough chance, but I think a regulation keeper, would, uh, a, a main keeper would have probably taken that. But all of a sudden, Babara's arms on top, or had that little bit, bit of luck that he needs to get back in touch. But the ball that I thought was the defining moment was when Ferguson came on, quick bowler, and he was just over-pitched, and that ball went for four straight down the ground. I can't picture whether it was Babarazam or Rizwan, but he's been hit for four straight down the ground. For me, that was the defining moment. New Zealand didn't make enough runs, though, did they, initially? They bat first and make 150 I thought, I thought, yeah, but I thought, I thought that was enough runs because what they had to do, if they bowled well uh, in that power play, then the spinners could control the game in the next four overs. Right. So if if you look at the the difference between the the, the two games with the two, uh, two teams was the two Pakistan openers taking on the risk, but the last two overs of the power play. Pakistan uh, had a lot more success. Southie went for 15, then Ferguson went for, I think, 10. Um, but on the last ball of uh, New Zealand's batting innings, Pakistan got the run out. And then yes. all of a sudden, the next four overs were the bee's knees. I think Pakistan went for 23 when they were bowling to New Zealand. The mm. spinners controlled it, whereas the Pakistan uh, didn't lose any wickets. They were able to uh, take on those spinners in that, those four overs and really what, take the game away. What, for, for Pakistan, is, is there, you've said they're inconsistent. Is their strength their bowling? Is their strength their batting? Like what, what is their one wood? What is their, well, what's going to win them this world? They're in a World Cup final. Yeah, their, their bowling is definitely their strength. Yeah. Um, but the, the good thing about Pakistan is Rizwan and uh, Baba Razam out the front end Did have struggled. Yeah, they, they, they went pretty yeah. cheaply in this game too, didn't they? Yeah, so they've made 50% of the runs over the last two years. Right. Uh, the middle order, they've been so inconsistent. They haven't been able to find a, a steady uh, structure in that, that middle order. Uh, they haven't been able to have consistent players. It's been a lot of chop and change. But Iftikhar and Mazood coming in, um, they've really stabilised it and they kept Pakistan in the competition early on. And then they brought Harris in out the back end. Harris has been a great influx in this lineup because batting out threes, he's um, uh, he took the game away the other day, and he played an important role the other night as well. So for me, I think they've, they're just getting their batting right out the right time. The bowlers have uh, hung in there. I think I think they're going to be trouble for England. I absolutely butchered that. Rizwan was fifty-seven from forty-three, and Azam was fifty-three from forty-two. So. I you butchered it. Oh, well, I said they went out cheaply. It's complete opposite of that. Oh, oh no, they went out cheaply. You're, you're thinking about the rest of the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. They yeah. were cheap wickets early on. If you wanted to be an opening bowler, Barra's arm Rizwan out the other end early on, you'll be licked.
stick in your lips. So Pakistan reached this in the in the last over, didn't they? So it yeah. was tight, but they it felt like they had it under control for most. Oh, of they it. had it under control. Yeah, yeah. When when you when you're needing less than um or you, when you're needing less than seven and over out the ten over, mate, you, you yeah. you're well in control. Absolutely. It's, it's more more trying to and we'll talk about this with India mm. and England. Um, now let's get into this right now. Yeah, England yeah. defeat India last night by 10 wickets, if you don't bloody mind. And it was off the back of not a, oh, I didn't think too bad a total. They made 168 India. Um, they were pretty slow to get going India in that first innings. And they sort of, it is the way they play. They're pretty conservative. And then they went whack with about five overs to go. And it looked like, you know, close to 170. That would probably win you more games than then it loses along the way, wouldn't it, 170? Yeah, it definitely will. And uh, if, if you look at the whole matchups before the game starts, um, no Wood. Wood against Coley, Surya Kumar Yadav in that middle overs, um, trying to uh, bowl with the spin there. Uh, that was a matchup that England missed because Pace trying to take it onto the short boundaries is still very difficult. He's bowling 150 plus, trying to pull that all the time. Uh, very difficult. So they missed him. And Milan in uh, coming in at number three. I thought, right, India should be able to win this easily because right. if you look at Bhuvnish Kumar, he's got it all over Butler. He's got him out five times. Butler's probably averaged about 10, 11 against him right. uh, over that history. So here we go again. Butler, Bhuvnish Kumar in that first over with England chasing. He takes it on, gets three boundaries. All of a sudden, Rohit Sharma's starting to panic with the bowling. Well, because Butler's, uh, the, the boundaries that he hit in that first over, they were a bit diced. Like, there wasn't like straight out of the middle back just cracking yeah. them. He, a couple of like sort of edges through the slips and stuff. But as a batsman, even though it doesn't matter how it gets there, it's like a forward in, the, in, the, in footy, right? Like a yeah. kick a goal, it doesn't matter how they get through the big sticks. It just gets their confidence up and about. Mm. And it looks like that would happen... Yeah, same thing happened to Butler, right? Yeah, oh, exactly right. Once so he got off to that start, he was yeah. fine. So if if uh, that that went the other way and he got Butler early, all of a sudden Milan's not there at three that controls that that uh, that early wicket scenario where he he can just sort of be a little bit more conservative and then make the runs up as he goes. Uh, if India got that early wicket, all of a sudden. That middle order is exposed but to they, a new ball, but they don't. And it was yeah. in, like it's got to be said, it was incredible batting. Um, Alex yeah. Hales was eighty six off forty seven in the end. Josh Butler was mm. eighty off forty nine. So it was the it was the biggest ever partnership by England in a World Cup. It probably go close to one of the biggest opening partnerships ever. They just absolutely smacked them from pillar to post. It did. It didn't look like they were going to get out, and they didn't. Like they went. They win by ten runs. Uh, well, 10, 10 wickets. Oh, they win by ten wickets. They win easily. But if if you also look in the power play phase, I think uh, India had a couple of more dot balls, but it was the boundaries. I- England had three more uh, fours, three more sixes in that power play. That's an extra thirty runs, and India was sixty out the ten uh, ten over mark. England were a hundred. But you're going in at six and over out the ten ten over mark. You're in trouble. So yeah. Virat Kohli normally goes. Uh, so when you put a, a strike rate of 140, so on bowling terms, um, that's an economy rate of eight. So England going into this game, you know that they go at eight point eight four and over. Mm. So India batting first, think right. We've got to nail that. We've got to get out nine runs and over or more. So we've got to take a few risks early on. Robert Sharma, Virat Kohli. Didn't take those risks early on. Yep. Uh, they weren't prepared to take on that bowling. And it's simply because they don't have a deep enough 
batting lineup. Right. They don't have Jadeja down there, and that's why Jadeja is very important. Kohler going out 120 strike rate for uh, batting the majority of the innings. I think at the end of the day, that may have um, affected India not getting a posting well, a big it, title. It was, and Rohit Sharma as well, the captain. It was a plan. It was a yeah. it was a plan, and it looked like they executed what they wanted to do. But then Rohit yeah. came out. It wasn't he spraying the bowlers. He was spraying the bowlers, and Rohit Rohit went out. Uh, I think just around a hundred uh, strike rate of a hundred. Now. The bowlers, if you look at the the stats, they bowl better lines and they actually bowl better than England. But England were prepared to take the risk, knowing that they're going to hit those good lengths and um, didn't play to the short boundaries either. They they were still prepared to hit straight, whereas uh, the English bowlers were a little bit wayward. And if you look at all the, uh, the boundaries for India, it was off wide deliveries. All the boundaries for England were off good, straight, uh, good length deliveries straight out the stumps. So Rohit Sharma uh, has been blaming the bowlers in this particular instance when he should have been blaming his uh, top order. You're happy with that from a captain of a national side coming out? And uh, oh, look, I... Because I remember asking you a couple of weeks ago about, you know, what happens as a bowler if your wicketkeeper drops or misses a stumping or whatever, and you say, well, it's, you know, it's just how cricket goes. It's all in. Yeah. You know, one in, all in. If the captain's coming out publicly spraying the bowling lineup. Yeah, I, I just don't think you do that because at, at the end of the day, they were missing Boomer, uh, but Arsdeep and uh, Bhuvnish Rakuma stood up, and I, I thought they absolutely bowled sensationally. Um, and at the end of the day, it's just those small moments, small moments in a game of football, game of cricket, where you've got to take a little risk. And everything in life, it's luck and risk. Uh, everyone thinks, oh, right, Australia was so good uh, through a, a period. But we had a lot of luck there when we were taking on risk. Mm. Things could have gone the other way. And people, if it went the other way, people were going, oh, well, uh, you know, that's pathetic that he played that shot or he, he uh, had that feel to that particular person. But when it comes off, you just go, oh, I've planned it well. And, uh, <laughs> you know, you don't talk about the luck. Yeah, correct. Uh, but you talk about the, the bad luck that you have. When it doesn't come off. Correct. And I think sometimes we've... Uh, and th- for me, I, when I'm analysing a game, I've got to look at that a lot more too. Well, talking about analysing games, Hoggy, the World Cup final is here. Pakistan v England, Sunday at the MCG. Uh, let's go through who you think is going to win this one. Who do you think will win? Well, that's a very good question. I would just... I don't know why, but they kept, they kept flashing to the crowd and they kept showing the palms in the crowd. They just... Piss me off! Like they, <laughs> like they, they go in and then you got the pommies and they're carrying on up the, like they're, they're like a worse version. That I think they're a worse version of Australian fans. Like they kept flashing to the Indian fans and the Indian, the Indian fans look just looked like they were just so happy to be there. They were having the best time. England were teeing off and they were they were like <laughs> celebrating the English stuff just because they just love cricket. Whereas the English, it was a bit more. You know we're the best. We're, it's it's like Australian fans, but obviously oh. the you know I think you're a bit harsh. There. Nah, piss off England. I'm going for Pakistan. <laughs> I'm going for Pakistan because I think it'd be a bit of an upset. I like going for the underdog, and and I I it'll just be great to see. I looked up a little stat. I, you're usually the man with the stats, Hoggy, but um, uh, no. Stop. What are you What are you moving around? Just hold up, please. Thank you very much. Dan, um, you're doing a good job there. Put him off. <laughs> now, I don't know where where it's gone. That's why you went to Ford, mate, 19, because you can get put off pretty early. It's not on my run sheet, but I do remember it. 1992, the World Cup. It was the first World Cup in colours. 
in terms of the teams wearing the colours. It was Pakistan, England, and Pakistan got the win um, after a bit of controversy um, in the semi-finals. (laughs) Now, I'm telling you, there was a bit of controversy because this was before the Duckworth-Lewis system, the Duckworth-Lewis-Stern system was in, and they had the uh, the rain delay rule. Um, South Africa in the semi-final needed to make 23 off 11 balls, so they were probably in the box seat. After this rain delay, they rescheduled everything. They came back out for one ball and they needed to make, after the rain delay system, 22 off the last ball. And they came out and played the last ball. They had to make 22 and game over. South Africa, see you later. Pakistan go through and they win the World Cup. So I'm predicting the same thing will happen. No Duckworth, Lewis, Stern stuff, but I just think Pakistan might win this one. Who do you think? Yeah, look, I agree with you. I, do, I just think you've got the momentum going in Pakistan's favour. I think they've just got a new lease of uh, life after having, um, what can you say? What do you call that when you get that off chance where someone yeah. does you a favour? Uh, yeah, um, yeah, I've been having some troubles uh, with spitting words out of my brain over the last couple of weeks. Down on yeah, those, so well, you, you, know, and I, you and I matched up here, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, luck of the Irish. Anyway, someone can send that on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, luck of the Irish. We'll we'll call it luck of the Irish. And um, I just think their bowling's on song. Uh, when you're playing at the MCG, the only thing is you're playing at the MCG. Butler with his ramp shots to Ralph. Um, that will be the key matchup because you've got short boundaries there. Butler did it great here in Perth against uh, the pace of Australia. Not as quick as Ralph. But Butler taking that on, that will be the key matchup so, for me. So who, I miss who you think is going to win. Who's going to win? Uh, yeah, oh. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I, I think out the MCG it favours England a lot more because they don't have the pace uh, without Wood there. But the, that change up a uh, the change up a pace, Pakistan hitting the long boundaries. Uh, I think England are quicker between the wickets. A lot of twos over there in uh, at the MCG. I just think England's fitness will get over Pakistan. So England's going to win. I think England is going to win. I'm trying look to get at the, the army. Just, army. Yes, it's you, you look at the England fans up there, and you 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 just said that they look like they are arrogant on the on the TV yeah, screens. Yeah, they're, so they're not. A, they're not arrogant. They just they they provide so much energy with their singing and um, just their humour. Uh, they bring so much to the game, the Barmy Army. But then you look at the Indian fans, they just bring so much energy as well. And the reason why the Indian fans are so happy there is because they're actually closer to their heroes than what they would be in India. Yeah. Remember, what, are they, a, what do they do in India? Well, the, one, the boundaries are a bit further away yeah. from the fence, and plus they've got a wire mesh fence. Seven-foot right. wire mesh fence. Is that to stop people from getting on the oval? Yeah, that's, yeah. so they'll be sitting there. There's no wire mesh fence. We can actually see our team out there so uh, and close, and we can we can nearly touch them. What's, so. it, what's it like when you're fielding down at fine leg or close to the boundary in India with with the wire? Is it, is it like caged animals, like ready to just smash it down? Are they that excited? They just absolutely love it? Oh, they love it. They've always got a smile on your face. Yeah. And, and it's like anything. It's how you treat them as a player. If you turn around smiling... Uh, they love look, it. They, they love it. Uh, and you, you're just trying to have banner. You're there for the entertainment. Mm. Um, it's a bit like, who's, uh, who's Pickett, isn't it? The the uh, Richmond player that played in the AFL Grand Final. Oh, Pickett. Yeah, Pickett. yeah, yeah. So I th- saw him lining up for goal. And he was on the fence, and the fans, uh, opposition fans, having a crack at him. And uh, he's going, yeah, you know, having a bit of a laugh. 
kicks a goal, and then they have a bit of banner afterwards. That that's that's what it's all about. Entertainment where you're engaged with the crowd in that particular moment and the crowd's giving you a little bit of flack, not too much flack where it's over the top, but it's it's fun and you're having a bit of fun with him. You kick the goal and you, you turn around and have yes. a band. If he's, if he's missed it just by a small margin, he still looks around, oh, nearly had you there yes. type thing. But it's the banner that you have with the crowd because they actually come and watch you and if you don't have them, you don't have a sport. Shay Bolton was who we're talking about. I remember that incident, yeah, and uh, I and I blew up about. It. I wasn't happy with Shay Bolton, but you <laughs> you would have been doing the same thing, giving yeah. the tongue, giving a little bit of ah, la, 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 la. yeah, but that, 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 yeah, but that's that's my pers- that's my personality because it's taken my mind off the of what I actually have to do, overthinking it. Yes. So you're sitting there, all right, having a bit of banner, having a laugh. And all of a sudden, you just kick it without overthinking it. Hoggy, we're going to finish off with this one. You've picked England. I picked Pakistan. Hopefully, it's a great game. We've got an email that's come into the show. Hoggy, Jeez. I'm going to read it to you. I can't really remember what this said, so we're just going to go for this off uh, off the bat. Hey, Scoey, Hoggy, and all. This one is for you, Hoggy. All right, perfect. Yeah. We've got the man in here. As soon as I heard you on the Shelter cast, I thought this was my opportunity to confirm a story I was told by my wife back in 2015. Sorry, I know it was a while ago. Not as long as not, not as long as the 1996 selection story, but 2015. When my wife was travelling back from South, South America, she had to do a transfer at Sydney to come back through Perth. As she boarded, she suddenly noticed there was a sea of orange on the plane. She was a, um, on a plane with the Scorchers, who had just won the game at the SCG. She knew they had won because she had um, she's an absolute nuffy for all things cricket and had been following updates while she was in transit. Anyway, as she was getting over her shock, um, she noticed that she still had a spare seat beside her and there were more players piling onto the plane. In complete horror, she then noticed her natural odour <laughs> was anything but pleasant. Skimming, uh, skimming with embarrassment? Skirming with embarrassment. <laughs> yeah, she, mu- um, she must have locked eyes with either yourself, Hoggy, or Mitchie Marsh and shook her head side to side, hoping you were not sitting beside her. In that moment, you or Mitch Marsh said, don't you want us to sit next to you? In complete embarrassment, um, and I know my wife would have gone bright red, she replied, it's not that, it's that I stink from being on planes all day. Taking this on board, you Hoggy, then you or Mitch Marsh, then leant over, smelled her shoulder and said, wow, you really do smell. <laughs> After some chuckles, all of you oh. took a photo with her in the galley of the plane. To this day, um, that photo is one of her most prized possessions, reminding her it was her best and worst moment of her life. <laughs> if this is true, you are an absolute lad. Cheers, boys, Shane. And there's the photo right there, Hoggy. I can see you, Hoggy, on the left. Mitch Marsh uh, blowing a kiss to the camera and uh, Shane's lovely wife in the middle. Can you remember that story from 2015? And was it you who smelt said odour? Uh, I remember that story. Do you? Yes, I remember that story. And um, yeah, but it's so, it's so funny. I, I, I remember it slightly different. And uh, um, I'm putting my bag up. Yeah. I said, oh, right. Seat there. She, oh, yeah, radio. Said no, no. I'm, I'm sitting here. She goes, oh, thank God for that. And uh, all the boys go, well, not everyone likes Hoggy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I reckon, yeah, I, I think uh, I think it was Mitch that smelt. Um, 
But that was so much fun. We've got the names of everyone there. We've got the names of the lady, haven't we? Yeah, I think. Does uh, it say the lady's name? It's definitely Shane. It's yeah, Shane's Shane. No, wife. this this is true because she's uh, I, the lady in question here has been travelling for a long period of time. Yes. Um, and yeah, when you're travelling, sometimes it's no good. It's so, no good. No. no good. It's uh, it's one of those things. No, there was. There was no odor there or anything like that, but it was just great banter, and it's just fantastic that those little moments when you're travelling, they just make a laugh for a story when you're sitting around the uh, bonfire and catching up on old times. It's not so much the stories on the field. It's the stories like that off the field that you remember and, and you have a laugh, and it just brings the, everyone together. Send in your Brad Hogg moments, footycast at shelterbrewing.com today. You want to hear some more of these Bradley Hogg uh, little run-ins around off the cricket field. We're going to go. I'm going to take my kid to swimming lesson, Hoggy, so we're going to wrap this up. Yeah, we've got to la- wrap this up, but Shane yes. is a very lucky man because – that lady is a whole lot of fun, and uh, I, I, th- there will be a lot of laughs in that household. Very, very good. Yeah. Uh, follow well done, us, Shane. Follow us on shel- uh, on social, Shelter Footycast over on Instagram. You can watch us on YouTube. Listen to us a podcast. Make sure you get down to Shelter down in Bustleton. They're born and brewed down there. And um, Hoggy, we'll see you Monday after the grand final in the uh, World Cup. Mate, it's so good to uh, catch up with you again. It's it's better in the studio than when I'm at my home on studio. I bloody agree. We'll see you Monday. Yeah, thanks, mate. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.